please find us at virgilkaylock.uk or patreon.com forward slash virgilkaylock. The Strange Tales of Virgil Kaylock. Beyond the Golden Curtain. Chapter 2. I had hoped that our investigative enterprise might be the first of many. I fantasized that we might become a team chasing the scoops together. But I had not heard from Dorothy for over two weeks. My thirst for adventure ebbed. Life carried on. I sunk easily back into my dreary and melancholy routine at the British Museum. Mr. Kaylock? It was a Wednesday afternoon. I was passing the main entrance to the magnificent St. Barnabas Church in Victoria. I had been sent off to deliver a good deal of paperwork at the station, and though it had been my intention that I should immediately return to the museum, I found myself filling in time by exploring the local streets. In truth, I was dawdling. Mr. Kaylock? A severe-looking lady in brown glared at me from where she stood at the church railings. Good day, Miss Gibson. You walk in the sun, but you are about the devil's work. I have no intention of doing... What you wrote. Your article. Actually, not my article. You think you know. You understand it all. The great trick, the fraud. You know better than anyone else. Better than everyone. All lies. Defamation. Really, I didn't write it. It wasn't my article. It happened right in front of you. And still, you don't believe. You see what you want to see. Miss Gibson, I am sorry. Really, I am. But actually, this has very little to do with me. You really will have to take this up with the Illustrated London News. Mr. Kaylock. I have assisted Mrs. Butler for eight years. I have spent night after night as attendant to her work. I know. I am witness. I have seen things. I have seen things in that room. Do you believe in the Lord, Mr. Kaylock? Of course I believe in... You believe that our soul survives our death? Miss Gibson... Do you? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. The next world. The Golden City. And yet when you see it clear as day in front of your eyes, it is a fraud. A joke. Miss Gibson, I have no doubt of your sincerity, really, but I do wonder if God's secrets are so easily revealed. I do not know exactly what I saw, but I cannot state beyond reasonable doubt that the afterlife was, without question, made visible that night in your parlour. Mrs Butler... Mrs Butler is a broken woman. A saint. What you have done... Please believe me, I have done nothing. Lies. Cruel. Loutish. Ignorant. Do you think that's what your readers want? Miss Gibson... Hope. Hope is what they want. Hope. Mr. Kaylock, please. I would... I would like to explain something to you. Yes? Mrs. Butler was a child when she was called to her work. She is blessed with a rare talent. A talent that has been practiced and refined all her life. Her dedication has helped hundreds, thousands. Please, Miss Gibson, my admiration for Mrs. Butler is She not... can talk to the dead. Do you understand? It is a miracle chosen by God. She is a good woman. A saint. But she is not a strong woman. You and your accomplice have destroyed God's work. You have broken her. She is ruined. Miss Gibson, I am so sorry. She will not speak. She will not eat. You have destroyed her, Mr. Kaylock. Do you understand? You do the devil's work. You and your mistress. <laughs> <laughs> 
and she walked off. Stopping at the corner of the church, she turned back to face me. You do the devil's work! Then she turned the corner and was gone. I was left embarrassed and shocked and nursing the feeling that I had been unjustly accused. I had done nothing wrong. I had meant no harm to anyone. I was meeting Dorothy later and was resolved not to mention the encounter. I was determined to be intelligent and urbane and in a good mood. Well, the truth is that success breeds success, and I'm getting nods and smiles at the office instead of the usual tut-tutting and shaking of heads. Actually, they say that you're only as successful as your last story, so all this newfound respect could all disappear overnight if I get the next one wrong. And you have a next one? But not yet. I'm wading through recipes and cleaning tips again, but there will be a next one. I have the nod from Mr Drayton. I'm thinking of writing about Freemasonry. What do you think? The Freemasons? Yes. A secretive, exclusively male society. Yeah, but that's why I should write about them. I might have thought you'd want a break from kicking at hornets' nests. Well, you mean the spiritualists. You have no idea. An avalanche of angry letters, lots, with open threats from table-turners and tea-leaf readers. I'm decidedly Satan's little helper and will be soundly brought to book on the other side of the Golden Curtain. You seem very calm about it. A tarot reader from Croydon kindly wrote to let me know that I will have a miserable life. I won't ever marry, I won't have children, and I'll die a violent death before I'm 30. She was very sure and she was very glad. What a horrible thing to say. She said the cards never lie. Of course they do. You see what you want to see. I don't want to see Croydon. No one does, but one way or another, we all see Croydon eventually. <laughs> oh, I'm exhausted. I miss my family. I miss Risley. I should go home for a while. Well, perhaps you should. I've been thinking about Millie. She was the kindest person I ever knew. We were the closest. We were best friends. Neither of us had siblings, so we became sisters. Sisters with different families. I miss her. When we were at the seance, when I described my sister Hattie... Your imaginary sister. I was actually describing Millie. Blue dress, ringlets. That's Millie. Do you know, I I don't think I've ever been closer to anyone. Do you still know her? No, she died. Oh. No, she was 12. Drowned. Oh, no. How? Very silly. Playing near a pond. I wasn't there. Maybe the dog, I don't know. But we wore such impractical clothes. Get them wet and they're lightweights. They pull you down. Dorothy, that's awful. Mm, I was in the garden when I was told. Spring and flowers. Bees, all lovely things. I didn't cry. I don't think I did. I carried on digging with my trowel. Somehow it couldn't be true whilst the sun shone and the bees buzzed, but it was. It was true. That's just terrible. I'm so sorry. A long time ago. Just one of those things that happen. Poor Millie. I saw her two days ago. What? I saw a girl in a blue dress and black ringlets. From my window, she was walking alone down the street, almost skipping. I didn't see her face, but she looked like Millie. Dorothy, I thought it might be nice to go on a picnic. Do you think you could? I thought Richmond, by the river? What do you think? No. No, thank you. I'm sorry, Virgil. I have to go now. I've been gone too long as it is. I shouldn't be late. Goodbye. It was a dull afternoon, and I was ambling through a dull inventory in one of the vast subterranean storerooms at the British Museum when Mr. Chidlow found me. Mr. Kaylock, 
The museum is your workspace. It is not your private office. No, Mr Chidlow, of course it isn't. You have guests. They are asking for you in Roman sculptures. I suggest that you dismiss them as soon as you can and get back to your work. I saw them the moment I turned the corner and my heart sank. Two figures stood awkwardly beneath a towering but headless statue of a charioteer in the Roman room. Mr. Blackwell was standing on tiptoes to peer around the hall, whilst Miss Gibson looked solemnly at the floor. Mr. Blackwell soon caught my eye and waved an enthusiastic greeting. Mr. Kaylock? Ah, good afternoon, Mr. Kaylock. Uh, please excuse our calling in on you in this manner, but do you think... Uh, may we have a moment? This may not be the most suitable place. Uh, I remembered you saying you worked here. Uh, Miss Gibson would just like the briefest of words. We will not keep you long. Miss Gibson, I feel Mr. I have... Mr. Kaylock, I owe you an apology. I accosted you in the street. That was wrong. I shouted at you. It's quite all right. Really, no harm done. There we are. No harm done. Quite so. As I said to Miss Gibson, Mr. Kaylock is a fine... God tests even the most devout. He allows evil to move through his creation. We know this. We cannot question him. It wasn't a Christian act. I am ashamed. Miss Gibson, you must believe me when I tell you that I mean you no harm. It has never been my intention to... You have to... my apology. That is all I wish to say to you. God be with you. Yes, thank you. And thank you for calling by. I appreciate it. I wish you well. Before you go, may I ask after Mrs. Butler? I'm sorry that she is distressed by all of this. Has she improved at all? She is unwell. I am so sorry. I wish her a speedy recovery. Unfortunately, the fuss with the newspaper, she is not herself. It has been difficult for everyone, for Miss Gibson here. But Mrs. Butler has been taken ill. She has always been unwell, all her life. Her frailty and weakness is her strength, Mr. Kalock. Mrs. Butler is a sensitive. She exists in the world, but is not of it. She walks a path between life and death. Sacrifice. She does God's work. That is why I care for her. Well, I hope she improves soon. And we all hope that she does. We must put these sad moments in our past and move on to greater happiness. She has become melancholic, Mr. Kalock. I'm so sorry. I watch her, staring at the candles on her own in the dark. She sits for hours, unmoving. She stares into the light, but I know. I know it is not God's radiance she sees. It is the burning pits of hell. She wants to talk to angels, but she can only see demons. Angry, fearful, a terrible hatred. And, and he scares me. He scares me. Who? Who scares you? Miss Gibson, who scares you? Uh, now, now, Miss Gibson, no need for that. Mr. Kalock doesn't need to hear. I have heard them talking together. One mouth, two voices, to and fro. Angry voices. He is darkness. Thank you for your time, Mr. Kalock. We are forgiving people. We are God's people. Miss Gibson wanted to make amends, and we have, I think. All is well. Please pass on our good wishes to Miss Yates. Uh, I mean, uh, Miss Bell. We only wish her God's love. He can see into her heart. Love and forgiveness. Good evening, Miss Gibson. Mr. Blackwell set off, but Miss Gibson held my eye as if she might say more. Miss Gibson? Who? Who does she talk to? Mr. Roundboys? He has found her. Who? I'm sorry, I don't understand. They talk about her all the time. They talk about her together, 
in the dark. Talk about who? Who do they talk about? Dorothy Bell. She held my eye for another brief moment, and then allowed Mr. Blackwell to assist her out of the hall. Love and forgiveness, Mr. Kellogg. All good things. It was unusual for me to answer the door at my lodgings, as Mrs. Cummings was an efficient gatekeeper, and I seldom had visitors. But Mrs. Cummings was apparently not at home. All right. All right. Dorothy. How did you get into my rooms? Sorry? You broke into my rooms. It isn't funny, and I'm not impressed. What? Your rooms? I didn't. You've never permitted me access to your rooms. I'm not even sure I know where they are. What is it? What's happened? I got up this morning. Yes? And it was written on the floor. What? You know what? Look, you don't need to stand in the hallway. You could come upstairs. No. It's all right. Mrs Cummings is out. I don't need the scandal. Another reason for people to hate me. Come on. She'll be gone for hours. It's just up here. Come on. Reluctantly, Dorothy followed and stood angrily in the doorway to my room. Please sit down. Oh, let me just move that. There. Can I bring you a glass of water? Or, or can I make you some tea? No. Please sit down. Can I get you anything at all? It's very small. Yes, it is. I'm a... Well, it's temporary, until I can get somewhere larger. Um, please excuse the mess. You read the graphic. How dare you? I read the illustrated too. I'm very loyal. I keep them all over here. All of them. Look, here they are. Hmm. What was on your floor? And when was this? This morning? I woke up and I walked into the drawing room. I was half asleep and it was chalked on the floorboards by the fireplace. What was? Mr Pinch. Mr Pinch? I didn't do it. Seriously, I didn't. Bad taste. So who did? I don't know. Who knows? One of your friends trying to be funny? A practical joke? I don't like people to visit my flat. Who has a key? The landlady and her husband, and they wouldn't be so daft. Well, God only knows how, but someone thought it a huge joke. We can change the locks on your door, all right? No. Just don't give it another thought. But it's not the only thing. One of the candles was broken. A candle? Look, if I said that, you'd tell me I was being foolish. It's a coincidence. Candles break all the time. Yes, I know. Or someone is trying to scare me. More likely to be a joke. Look, it's not a joke. Someone broke into my private rooms. That's a criminal act. Whoever it was is making a point. I have upset people. I know some people are angry about the article, but this is serious. This is a threat. We should contact the police. Did your landlady see anything? No. But they would know if someone was in their house, surely. Well, they didn't. Should we contact the police? Uh, uh... I might. I don't know. Nothing was taken. I can't report a broken candle. They'd think I was mad. I thought it could only be you. You're the only one who knows about Mr Pinch. I didn't mention him in the article. Um, this is going to make you cross, but do you think you could have done it in your sleep? You think I'm going no. mad? My God, you do! Just trying to help. To think of something... What? What is it? I've seen her again. I keep seeing her, the girl in the blue dress. You've seen her? I hardly dare look up from the pavement. I'm so scared. She's always at a distance, her back to me walking ahead in a crowd or going around a corner. I can't bear it. Millie? I can't see her face. She's everywhere I go, but at a distance. I saw her in a window. I was looking up at a building in Covent Garden. She was sitting at the window, her back to me, blue dress and ringlets. Look... Do you think you really saw Millie? Or do you think that it's possible to see things, ordinary things, and mistake them for something else? 
How many girls with black hair are there in London? I imagine each of them has at least one blue dress. What, in the flat? You think I got on my hands and knees with a stick of chalk in my sleep? I broke the candle too. You think I'm mad? I'm going. No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm not mad. No, you're not mad. That woman, Mrs. Butler, I'm going to talk to her. Not a good idea. Why not? She is unwell. Look, I've had visits from Miss Gibson and that fellow Blackwell. They came to the museum. Why didn't you tell me? I am telling you. Before? I haven't seen you. It's her. It's Miss Gibson. She did this. I really don't think so. Well, we'll see. I'm going to pay her a visit. Dorothy, look. I have Mr. Blackwell's card. Let's talk to him. We'll talk to him first. He seems to be a reasonable chap. We'll go tomorrow, all right? Blackwell and Goodman, as the business card informed me, was a fashionable opticians on the Strand, which was easily found, thanks to the enormous pair of spectacles that hung above the door. Mr. Blackwell, however, was not there when we arrived, and as we were insistent, we were directed to his workshop in Bermondsey. The cab dropped us off at Mill Lane, a cobbled road lined with warehouses that ran the length of St George's Dock in a part of the city that had not yet been modernised. It was narrow, damp and dirty, and a far cry from the delicacy of their West End store. We were greeted by one of Mr Blackwell's workers and ushered through the small factory to an office at the rear. Mr Kaylock And Miss Bell! Good heavens! What brings you here? This is not where I... My shop. It's on the Strand. I could entertain you there, I'm but... sorry to surprise you like this, Mr Blackwell. I hoped you wouldn't mind. Miss Bell was eager to ask uh, Mr. you... Mr Blackwell, I am truly sorry that I have upset you and your friends. I want to assure you that I meant no malice. The opinions I gave in my article were intended to inform the public. I am a professional journalist and write what I see. I cannot write what you or Miss Gibson wish me to see. I must... I... I am somewhat taken aback. I find myself in the middle of a quarrel that is none of my making. Please, uh, would you sit down? Thank you. I am far from certain that I can be of service. I am simply a, a patron. But I can tell you that I have attended Mrs Butler's evenings for several months now and I've had the, the good fortune to know her and Miss Gibson quite well, I think. And I must say that both ladies are sincere and honest and only seek goodness and truth. I have had the opportunity to be present and, and you must, you must believe me, when the blessed spirits have spoken and when they have walked. I have been witness when the angels themselves have conveyed God's holiness to our humble gathering. It is my opinion that Mrs. Butler is a saint and does God's work. It is not God's work to break into my flat. What? Of course it isn't. When did this happen? It is not God's work to scare someone half to death. Dorothy. But please inform Mrs. Butler and Miss Gibson that I will not be intimidated by anyone. I cannot help it if the truth is unpalatable to you. You can believe what you'd like, but you leave me alone. Miss Bell, if I may, I... I can promise you this. You are mistaken. No one wishes you harm. Whatever we feel about your article and your methods in obtaining it, we are God's people and we do oh, God's... God's work, as you keep saying, but I ask you, is it God's work to break candles and to pass nooses around in the dark? And do God's people allow themselves to be possessed by spirits or whatever your disgusting Mr. Roundboys is? Do God's people raise the dead? Dorothy. Good day. Dorothy, wait! I'm sorry, Mr. Blackwell. I should go after her. Listen, 
Dorothy is extremely upset. She really doesn't mean it. Her flat was broken into and words were written on her floor. She doesn't know who did it and is lashing out a bit. I know it is none of your doing and none of your concern, but if we have offended anyone you know, please, please pass on our profuse apologies and, well, ask them to leave Miss Bell alone. I assure you, I know nobody who would think of doing such a thing. Certainly not Miss Gibson or Mrs. Butler. You do understand that Mrs. Butler is indisposed. This business has upset her a great deal. She is unable to perform her regular commitments. She is, I believe, gravely ill. I am so very sorry. Forgive me. Does she need help? A doctor? No, 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 no. It is her mind. She has endured so much. We cannot know the great cost to her, how she has suffered. For us, to find her way to those we have lost. Mr. Kalock, it takes all her strength. There are many traps and deceptions beyond the Golden Curtain. Things are not always as they seem, and she must find her way alone. Not all the souls she meets are kind. Who is Mr. Roundboys? Mr. Roundboys? He might seem rough to you, but he is an agent for good. He helps us all. He is good. He is good! You were frightened of him. There is much I do not understand. She is changed. Changed? At first there was no Mr. Roundboys, no spirit guide. She channeled the blessed spirit herself. I was there the night he came, when he... when he made manifest. She struggled at first. It was a shock, a terrible shock. That voice. She couldn't resist him. But then he came every time. Whether she wanted him or not, everything changed. The candle, the rope. But... But he brought my wife to me, her blessed soul back to me. He is a powerful spirit. Who is he? She is not a strong woman. He comes and goes as he pleases. He says things, angry things, shocking things. After your trick, he is worse, much worse. Poor Mrs. Butler. He gives her no rest, no rest, no rest. God save her, Mr. Kaylock. God save us all. Chapter 2 of Beyond the Golden Curtain, written by John Ram. Virgil Kaylock was played by Nicholas Bolton. Young Kaylock, Daniel Fraser. Mrs. Butler, Carolyn Backhouse. Miss Gibson, Rachel Atkins. Dorothy Bell, Ellie Turner. And Mr. Blackwell, Sam Dale. The music was composed by Neil Brand. The Strange Tales of Virgil Kaylock is supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England. It is produced by Richard Varman, Martin Malone and John Ram. It is a Kaylock production. Please find us at virgilkaylock.uk or patreon.com forward slash virgilkaylock.